Hello, and welcome to the July 14 episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on investment in the development of the Africa Continental Free Trade Area, infrastructure projects in Angola, Cape Verde, and Portugal, LNG news from Mozambique and Timor-Leste, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Diana, over to you. We start this week's episode with news that mobilization for the financing of the second program of 13 priority integration projects in the SAMAC zone has kicked off. In Dubai, United Arab Emirates, authorities from the sub-region succeeded in attracting a consortium of 1,200 banks and investment funds. The delegation of ministers and heads of community institutions obtained financing pledges from Islamic finance organizations committed to supporting the community. The delegates also held meetings with UAE companies involved in the construction of roads, tunnels, bridges, and other infrastructure in the energy sector, notably hydroelectric dams and wind turbines. The United Bank for Africa has signed an agreement with the Africa Continental Free Trade Area Secretariat to invest $6 billion US dollars in African small and medium enterprises within the next three years. Through this agreement, United Bank for Africa will provide financial services in four main areas agro-processing, automotive, pharmaceuticals, and transport and logistics to small and medium enterprises in all the 20 African countries where it operates, including Cameroon, Cote d'Ivoire, Gabon, Mozambique, Senegal, the Republic of the Congo, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The key factors behind the partnership are Africa's industrialization, boosting intra-Africa trade, and providing access to finance and markets for small and medium enterprises to encourage their growth and contribution to the socio-economic development of Africa and its people. In Angola, a trafficker-led group plans to invest around 555 million US dollars in the railway project that will connect the Angolan part of Lobito to the neighboring Democratic Republic of the Congo. The consortium known as Lobito Atlantic Railways will spend 455 million US dollars on the 1300 kilometer long Lobito corridor, as well as up to 100 million US dollars on a 400 kilometer railway line in the Congo. The group of investors, which was granted a 30-year concession to operate the Lobito Corridor, includes Portuguese construction company Motengil Engenharia e Construção África and Facturis SA, a Brussels-based private railway operator. The project has a huge potential to boost the development of sectors along the line, including heavy industries, agriculture and mining, as well as creating new jobs and opportunities. The African Trade Insurance Agency and Deutsche Bank have teamed up for a road project in Angola. The agency has provided 350 million US dollars in assistance to Deutsche Bank with a thorough non-payment insurance cover that will fund the construction and rehabilitation of a national road project. As Angola is prioritizing the improvement and growth of the country's transportation and logistics network to improve trade, this project is one of the government's top priorities. The President of the Republic, João Lourenço, authorized the disbursement of close to 204 million US dollars for the requalification of the main neighborhoods of the city of Huambo. 
The amount made available is also intended for the construction of structural roads with different levels of degradation, with a total length of 148 kilometers. The Development Bank of Angola has signed a Memorandum of Understanding to finance Angolan companies with Norsat Capital, a provider of private credit to emerging businesses. The financial institutions are focused on fostering much-needed capital for businesses that can be used to promote economic growth and improve the lives of people on the African continent. The agreement provides for the sharing of transactions that contribute to the maximization of business flows and although there is a minimum or maximum defined, NORSAT has a scope of financing ranging from 5 to $10 million. Over in Mozambique, and according to consultancy company Rystad Energy, Total Energies will only resume its Mozambique LNG project in early 2024, postponing the start of gas production to 2028. It is also expected that the company faces a few challenges, as contracts may need to be renegotiated and new agreements may reflect the impact of inflation. Still on natural gas projects, Italian energy company Eni is preparing to build and launch a second floating LNG vessel to extract natural gas from the depths of the Rufuma Basin, off the coast of the northern Mozambican province of Cap Delgado. The project, dubbed the Mozambique Area 4 Coral North FLNG project, is a follow-up to the Coral South FLNG. Aiming to promote economic opportunities and reduce global poverty, independent U.S. government development agency the Millennium Challenge Corporation, or MCC, approved a 500 million U.S. dollar program for the Mozambique Connectivity and Coastal Resilience Compact, its second compact with Mozambique. Through this program, MCC seeks to improve transport connectivity in rural areas, promote commercial agriculture through policy and tax reforms, and improve coastal livelihoods through climate resilience initiatives. The port of Maputo, Mozambique's largest port, has witnessed a remarkable growth in cargo handling during the first half of the year. It racked up 14.5 million metric tons of cargo, achieving a 19% increase compared to the same period last year when it handled 12.2 million metric tons. These impressive numbers, which cement the port's position as a key player in regional and global trade, can be attributed to a combination of strategic factors, such as dominance in the chrome market and its ambitious expansion plans, namely to Zimbabwe. Meanwhile, the ports of Cape Verde can count on financial support from the European Union, which is planning a 95 million euro aid to the extension and renovation of various infrastructures in the insular nation. The support intends to enhance Cape Verdean ports and transform them into blue ports by mitigating the port's climate impact through the use of renewable energies, the surveillance of coastal areas, and the recycling of ship waste. In Portugal, national company Lijnavstaledinavaj is preparing a minimum 200 million euro investment that includes the renovation of Lijnav's industrial park, estimated at 60 million euros, and the ship recycling project, budgeted at 40 million euros. The company is also committed to the development and construction of offshore wind farms, taking advantage of the recent trend toward the offshore renewable energy sector. 
Additionally, Lijnav aims to be the first company to implement an island of biodiversity around the port of Stubal, promoting the creation of fauna and flora. The Portuguese administration is introducing a new version of Simplex, a program designed to streamline public administration procedures and improve the business environment and overall access to public services. The new edition of the program entails the implementation of 18 new measures by the end of 2023, of which we highlight the new measures on urban planning. These measures continue to pursue the reform of construction licensing and spatial planning and will simplify procedures for businesses, boosting growth, investment and employment, but above all, they will simplify housing procedures, reducing, for example, the time and costs for building new homes. According to the Portuguese Minister of Foreign Affairs, Portugal is interested in extending the Lusophone Compact to other countries like Senegal, Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana and possibly South Africa, countries of interest to the Lusophone community with which it has a history of business relations. The Lusophone Compact is an investment platform launched by Portugal in partnership with the African Development Bank, aimed at accelerating private sector growth and infrastructure development in the six African Portuguese-speaking countries. Currently, investment projects of around 7.5 billion US dollars are being developed under this initiative in Angola, Mozambique, Cape Verde, Guinea-Bissau, São Tomé and Príncipe, and Equatorial Guinea. Cote d'Ivoire has launched a three-year road program in Agnebitiasa, covering 2,000 kilometers. The project, budgeted at 4.6 Central African francs, aims to have the road network classified as being in good condition by 2030, enabling the safe and swift transport of people and goods. It also allows to open up rural areas and agricultural production, which is high on the government's list of priorities. Senegalese President Macky Sall has committed to simplifying customs and tax regulations in order to attract more foreign investment. Planned reforms include the digitization of trade and investment protocols and better protections for investor rights and tax breaks for investors. The president also highlighted the need to reform the Customs Code, the Tax Code and the Civil Procedure Code. Other relevant and attractive changes would be creating a new legal framework for public-private partnerships, facilitating access to land and modernizing labor laws. A hydrocarbon storage center is on the horizon for the Bacal department in Senegal. Petrozen and Petrolog are planning to build a large storage center for oil and gas products with an initial capacity of over 2,000 cubic meters. The 20 billion Central African franc project should be completed in 10 to 15 months and is expected to turn the Kadira area in the Bakel department into a full-fledged oil and gas hub. The African Development Bank plans to increase financial aid to Saint-Main-Prince to more than 55 million euros over the next three years to support macroeconomic stabilization reforms, increase revenues and ensure the energy transition. The amount will be made official in September and responds to the bank's desire to support island countries to face the vulnerabilities and climatic and economic pressures to which these types of economies are subject. Over in Timor-Leste, the Ministry of Finance is currently preparing the proposals to amend the 2023 budget and for the 2024 general state budget to be submitted to the Council of Ministers soon. 
According to the minister, the current work of the ministry focuses on the analysis of expenditure and the balance of the 2023 state budget. With regard to the rectification, it should be recalled that the president of the national parliament, Fernanda Lai, had evoked the need to rectify the funding for 2023 if the new government remained in the same line of prioritizing the program still approved by the previous executive. If so, in whole or in part, there would be a need to rectify the 2023 budget to guarantee operating expenses until the 31st of December. In the meantime, Australia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Penny Wong, stated that the Australian government is committed to working in partnership with Timor-Leste to make the development of the Greater Sunrise oil field happen as soon as possible to support Timor-Leste's development. According to the official, the Australian executive agrees with the statements made by the Timorese Prime Minister, Shanana Guzman, that the Greater Sunrise Development Project must be a viable and economical solution for the creation of a petroleum industry that can generate returns for the country. The Sunrise Field, operated by a joint venture between Timor Gap, Woodside Petroleum and Osaka Gas, is estimated to contain at least 5.13 trillion cubic feet of recoverable natural gas and 226 million barrels of condensate, which could give Timor-Leste 50 billion US dollars in direct revenues over the life of the project. We hope you enjoy this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 16 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.marandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Diana Teodoro from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.